You're listening to episode 45 of the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast, Asking the Awkward Question with Matt Hollow. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419 with the most cutting-edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Hello, Tribe. Welcome to a very special episode. I'm calling this our anniversary episode because not only is my husband Matt here with me and we just celebrated 10 years of wedded bliss, but um, it's also been a year since we put out our first episode of this podcast. It's actually been over a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Episode 44 was technically um, the start of season two, so uh, hooray! We did it. Um, We got through a year. I hope you're all enjoying the podcast. We're planning some fun things for the future, including, actually right now, we're going to do a Thrive Tribe 419 podcast t-shirt giveaway. Ah, The crowd cheers. So would you like a t-shirt? They are a full color logo t-shirt. And I'm looking at it right now, it says, at the bottom it says, my podcast, my tribe, my happy hour. And the happy hour refers to the usually almost an hour that we sit here and talk every week. (laughs) If you would like a t-shirt, I'm thinking a great way to do this would be to... Um, for you to go out of your way to do something for us (laughs) for the podcast to get the word out whether it is leaving a review on iTunes which is awesome that would be my first pick or sharing this podcast with someone new helping them um, subscribe to our podcast on their phone's uh, podcast app whether that's Apple or Google, or using Stitcher, or something like that. Um, Sharing an episode online, and tagging us in it, and bragging about how great we are. (laughs) Things like that. So, if you, in the next two weeks, go out of your way to help spread the word about this podcast... Please let me know, and I'm going to pick my most favorite review or favorite shout-outs. I have four t-shirts here to give away, you guys, so get to it. Let's see uh, what you can do to help spread the word about this podcast, get some good information and encouragement into people's ears, and uh, win yourself a t-shirt and wear it proudly because you earned it, right? So... I think you all know how to contact me. You can contact me through the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast Facebook page, through our Instagram page, or you can contact me through our website, www.thrivetribe419.com. We are pretty easy to reach. So today we have Matt Hollow back on the podcast. Uh, I think most of you who are... uh, Pretty frequent listeners here know that Matt is my husband. He's a licensed professional clinical counselor who provides simple and effective tools for emotional freedom. He is currently opening his own practice here in Defiance, Ohio. He is going rogue. 
And he is now scheduling people, um, clients of all ages for July uh, on a part-time basis. And then in September, we'll be going to more of a full schedule. And he is accepting private pay, insurance. um, Medicaid. Medicaid, for those of you who need it. So, um, and we're considering a sliding fee scale as well if you are interested and his specialties tend to run um with treating ptsd victims of trauma domestic violence victims and offenders addiction developmental orders such as autism and highly sensitive people so he does diagnostic assessments. He does play therapy. He uses emotional freedom techniques, tapping, which he's talked about numerous times on this podcast. And he also does group presentations and classes if anyone has an organization out there who's interested in having him talk about um, acupressure tapping for your emotions. There was something you wanted to say, Matt. Yeah, so you can uh, you can check us out or check me out at matthollow.com, M-A-T-T-H-O-L-L, no W.com. Oh, you forgot the O. Let's spell it again. O. no W. must be a, a long day from <laughs> misspelling my own name. Um, right. But I did want to say that uh, we actually have the ability to schedule online. So if you want to schedule a 15-minute consult or you want to schedule an assessment... The consults um, are free. The, the consults are free. and um, Or if you want to schedule an assessment, you can do that. Um, th- we have a, a client portal, which you can access through the website. So just want to let people know that. All right, cool. So today we're talking about suicide, and that's what we meant by asking the awkward question. Um, I think this is kind of a difficult topic. In light of recent events, it's kind of stirred up some uh, emotions in myself as well as many others. Yeah, this is certainly a trigger warning on this episode. If, if this is something that um, you're dealing with, um, definitely... Be aware of that, and if you if you need help, um, reach out for it, or if you need to talk to somebody, definitely do that. Right, and this information is not meant to diagnose or treat anyone for any kind of mental illness. It's just for informational purposes only, um, to help you guys out if, if you or someone else um, you know needs help. Um, this is just to uh, put some information out there to lend a hand with that. So let's get started. My first question is, how are you thriving in the 419? Oh. And that's kind of a a mood shift there. (laughs) But we always start with that question. I'm surprised you haven't mirrored it back to me yet on one of these episodes. (laughs) Nobody ever asks me back. (laughs) I was ready for it the last time, but this time I'm kind of uh, not ready. But I will say... Um, how I recently thrived in the 419 was by temporarily leaving the 419 and going up to Ann Arbor. You were there as well. Hey, people up in Ann Arbor. We have some listeners in Ann Arbor. Yeah. So, so Ann Arbor people, we love your town. We had so such a good time there. All, and it was pouring rain. Yes. So all Ohio State, Michigan stuff aside, just being a human being is a very cool place to visit. And, and it was uh, just an hour and a half from us. So 
definitely a place I want to go check out again and check out more of that town. So, I don't know why we haven't gone before. Now yeah. that we've gone there, I'm like, oh, yeah. this is. I mean, I would like to spend a whole weekend there. Yeah, really, sometime. I think that's a good idea. I like the vibe. I like the the culture. And I kind of feel like, I kind of felt like we were still in Northwest Ohio because <laughs> it wasn't that far away. It was a nice, mm-hmm. uh, nice day trip for right. our anniversary. So, and we got to walk around with a little umbrella in the rain, which was kind of romantic because we had to stand really close and hang on to each other, which we don't do very often because we always have kids with us. Yeah. And they had some so. really cool bookstores and coffee shops and... We went to a few of those. Crazy Wisdom is yeah. my favorite place yeah. in Ann Arbor so far. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. and we like the uh, the, Jolly the Jolly Pumpkin, Pumpkin restaurant. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to the Jolly Pumpkin for accommodating um, our celiac, my celiac <laughs> <laughs> needs. Yep. Matt Matt can eat and drink whatever you know, but yeah, we had a good time. So changing gears again, getting back to our topic. Is this something that you see or that you deal with pretty often um, with your patients? Do you have a lot of people come in that are extremely depressed and um, talking about hurting themselves? The short answer is yes. Um, unfortunately, it's it's almost on a daily basis. It's a question that we're asking. I mean, we are always asking our, our clients and patients um, if they're having suicidal thoughts um, but it does seem like just about every day somebody is acknowledging that they've had those thoughts in one way shape or another so yes it's it's very common is it more common than you thought it would be like when back when you were just a student going to school did you think you would see this many people who had suicidal thoughts um not you know I don't know if I really thought about it but I don't I don't think so for me as an outsider I guess it's hard for me to believe that that many people would actually be that depressed right and that's and we're just talking northwest ohio area right now yeah I, I think that when you when you really talk to people um, you'll find that whether it's Patients or people that you work with, friends, um, so many people will acknowledge that they've been in that dark place where they've had suicidal thoughts or thoughts that I don't want to be here anymore. We kind of separate it a little bit into, uh, I guess what we would call like passive suicidal thoughts, which can be like, I don't really want to be here. I don't care if I wake up in the morning. If something happened to me, I wouldn't be upset versus more active suicidal thoughts, which is, you know, I'm actually thinking about what I could do to end my life. Yeah. Um, and, and beyond that, there's there's kind of the, I guess, ideation, like they, they may have fleeting thoughts where thoughts come in and out of their mind. Um, every so often they might think about it um, and it, it just kind of comes and goes. So, so we... As therapists, we, we have sort of in our minds different kind of levels of severity, but then you've also got to consider what are some other factors or red flags that could make suicide a more likely thing. Right, because when you're asking the awkward question, have you mm-hmm. thought about killing yourself, you're just relying on the person's 
word, right? I mean, you really do have to look at other factors to try to decide sure. what kind of a risk they are. So how do you, if somebody says no, what other things would make you think yes? What other things would be red flags? Um, if they've ever acknowledged past suicide attempts, um, self-harming behavior like cutting, burning, um, things of that nature. Um, maybe looking at family history, that's going to be something. Um, have, they, have, have they had any significant trauma, mm-hmm. especially recent trauma? That can be a big issue. Um, drug use can be a factor because when people are using drugs or alcohol, they, they're less inhibited, so they might make choices that um, they wouldn't otherwise make when they were clear-headed. So, um, so that's certainly a factor. I'm, I'm, I guess when I'm in the room, I'm also looking at other things like what's their body language telling me? What are they, what's their eye contact telling me? If they're not looking at me, if they're either like looking down at the ground or they're kind of looking through me, I'm, I'm, getting, a, I'm getting very concerned. I'm getting a vibe that this person may not be very safe. Um, so I'm going to look at some things like you know some safety factors or protective factors that might tell me that suicide is, is less of a concern. And what kind of safety or protective factors are we talking here? A straight jacket? Locking no. them up? No. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's, I guess that's a good... Padded room? No. <laughs> when we use the term protective factors, we're looking at things that make um, suicide less likely of something that, that somebody's considering. Okay. So things like that are going to be like what's their family support system? Do they have really good supportive family? Um, other things can be, do they have a strong like spiritual um, grounding? Like is that, mm. do they see suicide as something maybe like against their religion or something that they just wouldn't consider? Um, children, sometimes, you know, I have to be there for my kids. Sometimes that can be a protective factor. Um, so, you know, and just kind of like what's their... You know, are they are they employed? Are they are they, um, you know, what are their are they involved in community activities and things like that? So, and so, do you ask them if they have like a plan? Yes. For, and, and doesn't that make a difference, like whether or not they have a plan for carrying out the act? Yeah, that 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 really can step up the um, the level of emergency yeah how, how okay. emergent it is yeah um that's that's gonna really make a big difference in things so um and that's one thing that i will say is when we talk about the awkward question i'm very direct with people i've learned i, I think when i used to when i started out you kind of beat around the bush and like ask these sort of coded questions yeah but what i found is that you really just need to be direct you need to just ask have you thought about committing suicide? Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought about killing yourself? And like to younger people, like adolescents and teenagers, I'm going to say, have you thought about killing yourself? Have you have you thought about how you might do that if you were going to do it? Um, and you're saying that teenagers, it sounds like um, you're referring to specifically. So does right. that happen more often with teenagers? Te- teenagers, um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but... Uh, suicide is one of the most prevalent killers of adolescents in our in our country, um, and there's a number of reasons for that. You know, 
there's factors such as bullying, um, abuse, um, things like that. But I think just by the nature of kids being, you know, their brains are still developing and um, they're very much in the here and now and they have a hard time seeing, you know, into the future. Yeah. Um, that makes it... Well, because they haven't lived that long. Right. So they don't know what that's like. So things that are happening in their life around them seem gigantic and huge and yeah. forever. And yeah. they're extremely impulsive. So their impulsiveness... Right makes um, suicide a very scary thing as a, as a parent or loved one because um, something could happen and they could do something that they can't undo. They could, you know, commit suicide and without really giving much thought to it because they, they don't, they're not thinking that far into the future. Um, so that's why I'm very frank with, with young people because um, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take my chances on just asking somebody or, or being sheepish about asking that question. And I and I tell parents, ask that tough question because you'd rather, I'd rather you ask a question where your kids are like getting annoyed with you than I not hate you, asking, mom. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> then give me being yeah, at their funeral, g- right? Exactly, because you can't, you can't change something once they're gone. I hear you. That's scary, being a parent. It is scary. There, there are so many things as a parent that I never realized I would have to even think about or deal with. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely something that I, I, I can see why that would be awkward <laughs> to right. ask your kids about that. Right. So if you have a, a want to die or like if you're suicidal at some point in your life does that mean that you're always going to be a risk for that um not necessarily i think i think by our nature by humans being who we are and contemplating our place in the universe we're always going to be kind of trying to have these existential questions like why do i exist why am i here who you know? Who would care if I'm if I'm no longer here? I think a lot of people have that. It's it's kind of a matter of intensity and how long how long is that going to go on for? You know, are you thinking about that frequently? Are you fantasizing about it? Are you are you thinking about like you know how much happier you would be if as the person if you weren't around anymore? Um, right. So I think that certainly can be a be a risk factor down the line I think other things that make a person more at risk of course are, are going to be things like trauma um, drug abuse alcohol abuse um, those things we mentioned earlier um, those you know a, a diagnosed mental you know or emotional disorder right. th- those things are going to create more likelihood that that's something you got to be aware of and I think it's important to talk about level of success in life and whether or not that correlates with your risk to mm-hmm. kill yourself or hurt yourself because now we're, we just saw Anthony Bourdain and we saw right. Kate Spade you know right. two extremely well liked um, quote unquote successful people mm-hmm. living 
what we would call great lives you know they they can travel they can have anything that they want Mm -hmm. um they can be with whomever they want um yeah and i don't know about kate spade but i know that anthony bourdain had a history of drug use and which you said is a risk factor and a history of depression which Mm -hmm. is a risk factor but i just think i mean can you comment on like i think a lot of people when they're kind of stuck in that depressed state and myself too i think well just when when this happens, I'll feel better. When that happens, I'll feel better. When I get to this next level, right. like that will make me happy. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the short answer is it's, it doesn't matter how successful you are in life. If you, I mean, if, if you're really struggling with significant, you know, major depressive disorder or um, PTSD or, or you know, even if you don't put a label on it, some something where you don't feel good about yourself, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much, how big your house is, or what how nice your car is. Um, there can still be extreme emptiness in, in inside of you um, that can make suicide kind of a you know a, a thing that they think about. Um, so yeah, I. I mean, I've seen people and, and they, and that's part of their struggle in, in therapy is like, I, I don't know why I'm depressed. I, I have everything I could ever want, but I still feel empty inside. Um, right. I remember when we were teenagers and yeah. Kurt Cobain died and right. everybody was shocked. And I was like, you know, I'm not shocked because right. he said, and everybody knows who Kurt Cobain is. I'm assuming who's listening. He was the, the leader of the band Nirvana Nirvana in the 90s 80s and late 80s and 90s Um, and he killed himself in 1994 Um, you know when that happened I think he was 30 28 he was 28 28. well he hadn't even made it to 30 the death age for the the rock and roll stars but I remember he was extremely depressed he definitely had drug problems in relationship problems okay he had mental illness Mm -hmm. um and he had come he had said i have achieved everything that i could ever achieve in life what will i ever be able to do to top this Mm -hmm. nothing i have nothing to live for he he would say things like that um i mean i think that's a lot of red flags but you know i think that's part of we have to keep that kind of in perspective success and getting more and being more and more you know, is not better i mean all the time. yeah it didn't it didn't fix him it didn't fix his problems um right. and he was the first example of that that i had ever known in my life i think i was 15 when he died and i was a fan of nirvana and kurt cobain so I even had his guitar, his signature guitar, (laughs) the first guitar I learned how to play. But um, I remember, you know, that kind of being my first exposure to suicide. And, um, you know, I remember thinking, I don't know why people are so surprised. Like, this this was bound to happen. I I had just kind of a, uh, I guess, weird example of that. I remember being, I think... I want to say I was in fifth grade, and I had this this kid who 
was in my class, um, and he he kept telling me like at the end of each day, he's like, "I'm not going to be at school tomorrow because I'm going to kill myself," and and it freaked me out because I just thought like this kid's life is in my hands and I didn't know what to do with it with being in fifth grade being like you know like 11 12 years old and um so each day I would I would come to school and and I would see him there and I was like oh my god this kid's still alive that's great um I think eventually I just kind of got to a point where like it was hard for me to be around him I didn't know if he was like attentive seeking attention or if he was being kind of manipulating me because I was kind of a shy and empathetic kid but um I, I just remember it, it really it was really hard to deal with and so now just kind of fast forwarding to being an adult I mean that's something that um you know it's it's, it's it is challenging if you, if you know people that are dealing with that it can be really hard to stay engaged because we, it's, it's emotionally taxing. Um, right. So I, I guess that's sort of, I guess just recognizing your own self care. If, if you're, um, trying to help somebody who's dealing with this is that it, it is hard and you have to take care of yourself. You have to be able to, um, you know, disconnect at times and, and take care of you because you can't take care of anyone else if, if you're if you're not at your not your best right so I guess my next question is if I suspect someone I know is suicidal I'm seeing the red flags that you've mentioned mm-hmm. should I ask them like should I what if I don't want to ask <laughs> Who, right. who's the right person to ask? Like, what do I do in that situation? Do I get involved? Do I, do I want to be involved in that? Do, mm. should I step away from the situation and protect myself? As a therapist, what would your, your advice be to me? Well, that's a tricky one because as, to help as, as a therapist, I have a duty to protect. Uh-huh. So if I, if I know somebody even in my personal life, is having suicidal thoughts. I have a, I have a legal and, I guess even, ethical obligation to. Make oh, sure so that I can't safe. even tell you unless I want them to be. Well, it gets. Rep- what What do you do? You report them. Well, to it, something. It gets or? kind of murky there because we just we need to make sure that people are safe. Um, so we need to take whatever the appropriate actions are to make sure that person is safe um whether that is making sure that they go to the nearest emergency room or um you know seek seek counseling um but generally or or safety planning but for for the listeners at home i would say so don't tell you well that's (laughs) or do tell you i don't know don't 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 i'll just say this don't don't come to me with like third-hand information about so-and-so I know is suicidal. Like, I can't really do anything in that situation. Um, but what what I'm saying is when I'm dealing with the situation one-on-one... Well, I'm talking I'm about somebody who isn't obligated to protect. Yeah, okay. Like me. So... 
I'm not obligated. I what would, if what I if say, our neighbor what if our neighbor mentions that she's um, feeling down and mm-hmm. you know she wants to go be with Jesus um, and she's healthy as a horse you know right. in that case I'm thinking oh that well, sounds a little I suspicious think sure I um, think I think there's a few things you can do I mean okay. just I think being being present and being there for that person I would say you know that's back to the title of our episode asking the awkward question and okay. Have you have you thought about suicide? Okay. That's a tough ask, and you, just hearing you sigh, like yes, that <laughs> is really hard to ask. Yeah. Um, and it might shock people when you ask them, but you know what? A lot of times, somebody who is having suicidal thoughts. Um, Do you think they want somebody to ask them? Sometimes, you know, because when people people that have been having suicidal thoughts have usually have given clues to people yeah so much about having suicidal thoughts and having that ideation is emotional suffering pain numbness um wanting to be numb i think sometimes when we ask that question it can kind of like it it kind of snaps people to like oh you just asked me that question um some people are refreshed that you ask them so directly and if they're not suicidal then they're and they're they they may just say oh god no like that's i would never think about that great great so when you ask people this question in practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) does it offend people when you ask do you ask everyone that question that you see or only people that you think are at risk well when we do screening tools um we we ask that question now if somebody isn't okay so this is a question that they answer like on the computer when they're filling out or like no like in in my current uh location um it's it's asked out loud by a human being okay so so they're answering that question okay so otherwise i may you know i will ask them especially if they're if they're indicating to me that they have a lot of depressive symptoms yeah. I'm going to ask them that if but um, do people get offended by it uh I don't really care about that but do people get offended by it I don't think so I, <laughs> I'm honestly, just trying to figure out if I'm going to offend people if I start tossing this out there all the time yeah I know and maybe, I know you know it's better to, to offend somebody than for them to end up right doing something terrible but um there i think i think for me like i guess i'm just so used to asking the question that i i am mindful of the way i do talk the way i ask people about things i do try to have a rapport with people yeah and and you know it's not typically the first question i ask them i try to get a little more information okay but then i am gonna talk i am gonna ask them about it okay because i think that's important and you know, I have... So I'm going to ask our listeners yeah. an awkward question. Okay. Are you thinking about killing yourself? I ask that because I want to practice saying that, but also because I really do want to make sure that we are offering some sort of information for people that are contemplating mm-hmm. suicide um, because there is support out there for you in Northwest Ohio. Right. So we want to make sure that you have that information Um and please, 
please do call someone and get help if you need it. So go ahead, Matt. Let's hear okay. the phone numbers. So a um, couple phone numbers that I'm are I'm going to move the microphone closer to you. Okay. <laughs> the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Um, in the four-county area down here, Defiance, Fulton, Williams, Henry County, uh, comprehensive crisis care that number is 419-599-1660 in the toledo area you may still have a 211 that is in existence um, i don't have that information in front of me right now um, but uh, certainly there's some numbers to be aware of i guess one thing i want to say too is i recognize how um, painful it can be to have these type of thoughts and feelings and I know it can be extremely difficult to want to reach out to somebody and open up about that I think I think it takes a lot to move people from that level of pain and shame and um, sadness to action where they they will reach out to somebody and so I just I guess I just want to say that I recognize that and I think for anybody if you're if you're helping somebody um just just put yourself in their shoes and recognize how difficult that can be um to want to um open up about how hard that is and what they're what's going on inside of them. Uh, so yeah, I just I just want to let people know that because it it is hard. Um, and it and it and it is painful. And there is a stigma associated yeah. with suicide attempts right. and any kind of mental illness, unfortunately, um, in our culture. So I think yeah. it's really it is really important to be mindful that this is uh, an illness. You mm-hmm. know, like breaking your arm. This is an illness. Yeah, um, I I think that is a, and that's... not to blame people for their. Right. illnesses or think that they there are some very strong resilient people out yeah. there that I've met that have dealt with mental illness and um, yeah it, it doesn't mean they're bad people it's just it, there are so many factors that go right. into it and that could be its own podcast about you know what are the factors that contribute to depression and suicidal thoughts but just one thing I will say is that we're learning more and more each day the physical side of um, things like depression and how things like inflammation have, you know, to do with that. But we have talked about that on this podcast too. But we are seeing that um, things like depression and substance abuse and things like that have so much more of a physiological component than we ever thought. So it's not just in your head. It is in your entire body that you are experiencing this phenomenon. So just like we need to go see somebody about our diabetes or our hypertension or um, our eyesight, we need to take care of our emotional and mental health as well because that's part of our physical health. Yep, and I can say for everybody listening out there that it's not as scary as it seems to go get help. Um, Last year I was dealing with postpartum depression um, and (laughs) broke my shoulder 
which just kind of, my whole world came crashing down at that point. It was just a hot, I was a hot mess. And um, my primary care provider told me, you need to go get therapy. And I said, oh, you know, my husband's a therapist. I'm fine. And she's like, no, that's not your husband's job. You need to go, like, you need to go talk to a therapist. And I found a great therapist, and I actually loved it. I loved going there. Mm -hmm. It was... It was fun. It was fun learning about myself and just kind of getting some clarity about some things and getting away from my family for an hour to talk to another adult. That was kind of nice, too. So I just wanted to share that with our listeners that, um, you know, it, it's like now I don't know why I never went before. It's like, yeah. why didn't I go? That was just. I, I don't know. There's a stigma associated, and I thought, well, right. I don't need to see a therapist. Well, well and I appreciate that too, <laughs> because I, I think there, I think our our media does not do a great job, especially like like TV shows and movies do a terrible job of portraying um, counseling and psychotherapy. People in your profession, because generally yeah. it's it's very. Um, Problematic. Um, there's a lot of boundary issues. There's, you know, just the idea of somebody like laying on a couch and the therapist usually has terrible boundaries. And that's just, that's a, a good therapist and good therapy does not look or feel that way. So, right, right. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was, yeah, my experience was very good. And um, I know that there are a lot of people out there with different personalities. I just got lucky. I found a good fit the first time, but. If you haven't found somebody, keep trying. And uh, again, I want to remind everybody that we're having our t-shirt giveaway. So to wrap this up, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, I'm watching and I'm waiting. So do something awesome for this podcast and do something awesome for Northwest Ohio by sharing this information. Share any of the episodes that you like. Um, we've got a big long list at www.thrivetribe419.com. Just click on podcast um, and share away. And let me know how you're promoting this podcast and sharing it with people. Because, you know, why hide this light in the dark? Let's share this information with people and help them out. So, uh, and then you get a t-shirt. So it's all good. And it's a cool t-shirt. And I must say, it's, it's a, cool a great it's a great logo. That yeah, you can see made. pictures of our t-shirt on our instagram page if you would like yeah. uh, we might have to dig down a little but they're in there there's pictures of me and i think a picture of danielle small as well wearing the t-shirt from danielle uh, likes to represent yeah so all right guys well thank you for listening be well and uh get yourself some help if you need it take care of yourself out there and we'll see you next week with dr malia watts the naturopathic doctor yes. she'll be talking about natural sleep solutions it's gonna be a very good one that's that's a great follow-up because uh, uh lack of sleep can definitely contribute to depression and other issues but ah i don't want to step on yes. her toes yes all right thanks matt yep Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out thrivetribe419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes. 
can also join the conversation by searching for Thrive Tribe 419 on Facebook or Instagram. See you next time. Keep thriving.